I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. folks welcome back for another episode of ginger and dutch here episode four here as we uh we move forward with our podcast here so dutch you want to fire in here and uh let the, uh, the listeners know yeah sure what's going on anyways how's it going everything's going uh everything's going good yeah just uh going through the covid uh covid life here and and hopefully getting back to life a little bit resembling some sort of normalcy uh work-wise and uh, hopefully they, uh, we get into stage one of Ontario's release on the COVID here and get back to some sort of work and, and life as we once knew it. Obviously, we Absolutely. know it's not going to be the same, but yourself? Yeah, no, all, all is good. I, I thought the whatever he was trying to say, I mean, the plan's there, but just give us a little bit more of an idea. Let us know what's going on. I want to start golfing. I want to be out there. It's nice. I'm actually outside right now first first time. So first of the four uh, made it outside, uh, and it's beauty out here, so I'm ready to roll. What um, Did you end up watching uh, – the three and four of the last dance it was just phenomenal i watched it this afternoon and uh, i'm pumped to, to have a quick chat about it before we get into our topics yeah for sure i uh i was able to catch uh the last dance both episodes here before uh before coming on tonight and uh obviously it just keeps getting better and better and and i'm glad they did what they did by flipping it over and taking a look at uh, a couple different um a couple different guys in uh rodman and and jackson um which was kind of cool for me. Yeah, especially his old stuff coaching when he was out in, uh, um, I can't even remember what country he was out where they were brawling all the time. Uh, and like the when he said the mayor, uh, the mayor shot one of the refs one of, <laughs> one of the games when he was coaching. I thought it was crazy. Yeah, shot the shot the ref right in the leg. Right? Yeah, after uh, after a game, that's absolutely absolutely wild. So that, that was Phil Jackson. Now, where was he coaching? I think he was coaching in Mexico. They said. Um, yeah down in that way or Albuquerque or somewhere down that way. Uh, Cause that was when they were talking about the, the native American stuff and yeah, um, how him and Rodman were pretty close, but yeah, pretty wild for me showing how um, new age Bill Jackson was in the time in the early nineties. Like have we ever seen a team doing yoga on the court and, and no. having a guy like Michael Jordan be involved with yoga in the middle of a, of the middle of a basketball season? No, no. And then, and then, and then it goes real quickly and it flips over into call it the present for, for what the actual, uh, what the actual show is all about is, is leading up to the last championship. So 97, what it comes full circle and, and they went from yoga to Dennis Rodman. Uh, coach, uh, I need a vacation so I can go and take a bender, and he disappears for four days in Vegas and parties. Yeah, and and that's that was kind of my point was is that how how good of a coach is Phil Jackson to to walk as maybe the greatest player of all time? We had that argument last week, but you know one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time, to walk him into your locker room and to say, "Hey, uh, <laughs> we're going to be down this player because." Uh, he needs a bender. Could you imagine it would never, ever happen uh, in this day and age? And I don't want to be beat a dead horse uh, about about the LeBron and MJ. But you got to admit, the more and more you watch it, um, listen, a totally different lifestyle. 
of how they played basketball. Look at how he got his ass kicked day in and day out in those years when they were getting beat up by the Pistons. Like it was unreal to see how many times he got thumped on the court and on his uh, right of falling on his ass. It, crazy. And one other thing that that we'll say, and I it, Jordan was the only of those names that we mentioned and all the big studs. He's the only guy to ever win defensive player of the year. LeBron's never going to have that title. So, so, so not to pack my argument up again, but I don't know the more and more I just watch it. It just brings me right back to um, my teenage years watching it. However, knowing more that I know about sports now, or at least I pretend to think I know a little bit about sports. Um, I don't know. To me, he's, he's, he's still, uh, he's the cream of the crop for sure. As skinny yeah, would say. I think uh, what it does for for a lot of us is, you know, I don't necessarily know for me if it it makes me feel more more or less for for Jordan. But what I think it did for me was it it brought me back to a time where basketball was basketball in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. it was a physical sport. It wasn't, you know, what we talk about today. And and I know some of our listeners on on Facebook uh, have provided this feedback of, you know, somebody drives the lane and, and they lay a fingernail on you and it's a foul, you know, yep. the, the whistles already have blown by the time LeBron gets eight feet away from the basket. Yep. You know, those are, those are things, but we can't blame for players for being in that era and being in that specific time. That's just the time that they happen to play in. I think. Well, right? well but, yeah. Yeah. And the, I'll leave you the last part before we start uh, into our topics here. The last part that I wanted to touch was the, the end of the, when, when, when they were playing the Pistons, those, those three years where they just couldn't beat them and they finally beat them and listening to Isaiah Thomas talk and Lambeer on the bench, those assholes walked off the court and didn't shake hands. After two years in a row, you see Jordan, you see his teammates, they, they shake them, you know, it's sportsmanship. They're mad. They're pissed off to almighty hell. And yet the, they finally come over that mountain. They finally take down the Pistons and those assholes walk off the court like yeah we're way better than you we're the we're the badasses of Detroit that could you imagine that happening right now there would be brawls and 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 they would just get shunned upon by media these days yeah it's it's a different time frame for them I think uh and even what what Jordan's always said is it was about one thing and about one thing only and it was about winning um I think the the I think what we're both talking about here is is that the athlete of, of 2020 and the athlete of 2010 and the athlete of totally of different the last decade has changed. Yep. And, and the viewer and the, the people that have come along with it have also changed along with them. And they've also provided what was acceptable. Um, yep. You know, it, back in the day, uh, Dennis Rodman was, was everybody shunned upon him because, Effectively, what he was doing was what Kawhi did for us last year and two years ago. He was a load management guy. Yep. Right. Yep. Like yep. You, you look at his his numbers. He's only playing fifty five games, sixty two games, forty nine games. Uh, by the time he hits the Bulls, yeah, he's a little bit older, but sixty four, fifty five, and in that final year, they needed him most. He gets up back up to eighty when they when they finally get him home in, honed in after a couple benders. But um, <laughs> exactly, you know, he 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 was the start of the load management and yeah. Yeah. Um, but the athletes changed overall, I think, um, from from then to now. But it's nice to – I had that feeling as well of going back to what basketball was all about uh, growing up, what I knew it of, and it was a physical sport, right? Yeah. So let's transition over into our, our first topic of the night. Draft. Um, 
so we kind of did our little draft uh, synopsis on the last episode and, and what we thought was some of the big teams coming into coming into the draft. And, and now let's kind of uh, come back around full circle here and, and chat about who the winners of the draft were, who the losers were of the draft were, uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, how the draft come off overall. Um, I know me and you both kind of want to brag about uh, how well we did picking um, obviously no trades and, and how conservative a lot of the teams were in the first couple of rounds. So, Dutchie, why don't you uh, you start us off? Um, actually, you know what? I, I think Dutchie, you may have you may have a dog on uh, on this. Uh, this might be a Dutch's dog here. No, uh, I do. I have a dog. Uh, we'll save it once we get into real quickly here about you know winners and losers. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've got a dog. It's it's kind of a funny one. I'm not gonna beat them down too much, but I'll uh, let you know when the time's ready. Um, my winners straight up would be just the NFL. Uh, they tried many uh, practices. They, they went through all of the protocol to do that, with the exception of maybe one thing, which we can't control because, you know, it is America and the way they, they, they're running their COVID program. But I love the way they presented it. Um, it was a little long, but I love the way they presented it um, with getting interaction with the fans, et cetera. One thing that was kind of funny was, you know, uh, seeing some of the coaches' houses, and then you see Jerry Jones, uh, you know, looking like he's on a yacht and this with his pearl white leather couch, and you know, I'm better than all of you guys type thing, right? But um, it was good. It was really good. The social media, the social distancing thing was uh, a little comical in some of their people's houses. You could tell that they had, you know, 30, 40 people over there, uh, which uh, that wouldn't fly uh, back home here. But now it's my first winners. Um, talk teams. Go ahead. You start. I, I got. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about my Vikings. Um, I want to laugh uh, about the Packers a little bit and, you know, and then some of the, the other big winners for sure. So you fire up who, uh, who do you think was a big winner in the draft? Yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of circle back to, um, you know, what I talked about in our, in our last episode of talking about that NFC North division and just kind of recapping that and then throw a couple other teams in there. Um, obviously you're going to chat about the, the Packers and I know we feel the same way on that, but um, I thought the Vikings did a good job getting a good haul and, and replacing some of those uh, key pieces that we know that have left over the, uh, the defense and over this off season. So I thought that was important for them. Like I, I stated in, uh, in our preview show, the lions uh, just didn't cut it for me. They, I thought they would have been a little bit more aggressive, but um, they just didn't do what I thought they would do overall um, by being that third pick and moving down and gaining some picks and then being able to wheel and deal and, you know, maybe stealing back up into the first round again. Um, they just didn't, uh, didn't cut it for me. What I thought was a huge thing uh, moving forward for the NFL. And I know we talked about this as the draft was going on is I thought because of the conservatism of a lot of the teams, the teams that were already good, i.e. your chiefs, your Ravens, they won the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to get good value at where their picks were. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, I thought, were the the winners of the draft overall. If you know, if you have a winner of the, of the draft, but being able to get six picks in the top hundred and you know stealing some linebackers and and getting a running back like Dobbins, um, I thought that was a steal of the draft. And to have those two teams of of Baltimore and Kansas City, uh, Kansas City picking up Clyde Edwards Alaire with the last pick of the first round, yeah. They just they just got better and they got impact players that on a team in a roster that's already good yeah. enough to get where they need to get to and now they've got a couple extra pieces and it's it's just I've seen those other teams those mid teams yep. did enough to uh, 
to get on there. So, well, even even kinda... getting even Baltimore getting um, uh, uh, Queen Pat, Patrick Queen at the start, right? Uh, for I had him, you know, kind of a little bit higher up. I had him, let's say, fourteen through seventeen, and and Baltimore, I think, was right near the bottom. I don't know the exact number in front of me, but they were they were right at the bottom, twenty eight or in and around there. Uh, for pick and so I I, I really love Baltimore uh, for sure on that Seth. No, and and that's it, right? And it's for them. It's it's about the they're gonna they're gonna look back at their draft, I think, and and really have an eye on the linebacker group, right? You look at Baltimore. I always look at them as a linebacking, um, pretty much a linebacking school ever since Ray Lewis came through, and and ever yeah. since then. But um, to get Queen to get some other linebackers there was huge for them. Loser wise, uh, I think a lot of people have the uh, the Green Bay Packers in that spot. Were that stealing were my thunder? Big. But yeah, I agree. Stealing my thunder there, I agree totally for sure. Yeah, no, and that and that's a team. Uh, one team that I thought that really was a was a losing team overall um, was the New York Jets. Not the sexy pick um, with with taking the tackle, but they just they they needed some weapons outside, and they just. Once again, uh, they needed a, a big draft, and they fell into that, like you said last week, that J-E-T-S suck, suck, suck. And they yeah. uh, they just didn't come away with what I thought they needed to uh, to make improvements on that, that roster. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I, I can't agree with, more with you. Like, then I got to flip to my side with Packers for sure. You know, what are they thinking? I know, okay, they did this back before, but how do you how do you take Jordan Love first, the quarterback out of Utah State? He good good player. You know, he's he's got stats and everything, but really, that's your first pick in the draft. I mean, come on, they're they're struggling to keep Rodgers upright at the best of times. He's lost his weapons. He's only got a few more years left. Like. I don't know. You can't be. You can't be thinking you're. The, sure, sure, sure. They made it to where they made it last year, NFC Championship. But you, you can't. I don't know. You can't pick a quarterback and say, "Yeah, thanks, Rogers. Uh, we're we're you know we're good enough." They still think they're good enough. They lost too many guys. I thought that um, to free agency, not as many as the Vikings did on their defense, but uh, terrible. And New England. What about New England? What do you think about that? Um, you know, typical Bill Belichick. You know, just not really caring about it, picking a guys from a bunch of no-name schools unlike the draft itself which you and I were talking about with the SEC dominating pretty much the entire draft yeah and that's that's one thing that um you know I definitely noticed was the how the big schools dominated and I think it was affected by the ability of of obviously affected by COVID not (laughs) allowing these you know smaller team schools to be able to get in there and show off their skills um on the whiteboard show off their personality uh, show right. off who they are to these teams and and now um you're strictly relying on the film you're strictly relying on your relationships with some of these big name coaches at these big schools and you know it, it gets that bias as compared to like you always say why not take a shot on the smaller school kid um, they're just not it, getting enough there even though we joked about this way way back in episode one about you know how many freaking times have they seen it need to see a guy they they just aren't getting enough from them and they're not seeing them and they're not getting the, the full, that full final thing. I agree. And it changes the course of how they, uh, how they set it up. The problem with me is, is that the draft is, even though it's, it's the most important one because of how many players, as we said last time, it's, it's just too long where, where 
you know, the first of all, the average fans got no clue after round one. Um, me being an, an avid fan, I know you, you know, you're deep. Like you could probably tell me every single guy that just got drafted to the Bills. But to me, after four, you've lost me. And, you know, I was listening to Chopin the Bulldog on the way home today. And, and they were, you know, the, he was talking about the same thing. He said there was 40, 40 wide receivers that, that were drafted. And it's hard to, to, to know. They didn't even know. After the, he said after the fourth round, he, he never even heard of these kids before. No, and, and that's the thing. And, the, and not, not everybody's going gonna to know. And, and I don't think, as, as all of our listeners should feel, we shouldn't feel bad about that. No. Um, it got to the point that they didn't even have video on some of these kids. They, you know, they were, they were skipping by or they were calling a name and there wasn't even a highlight to be shown from, from them playing. Right. So um, it's not necessarily something to feel bad about. uh, But I think for the first time, you know, the majority of, of times is, is now that it was live on national television on ESPN, we, and we were so excited for, you know, some sort of um, sports to be back after the WNBA draft two weeks ago or last week. And then you get the NFL draft and everybody's just, you know, I'm going to watch this whole thing because it's, it's all I can hold on to right now. Sure. Um, I think round four through seven were probably the most watched they've ever been. I know the draft period was the most watched it's ever been, but. Well, yeah, even when we're getting a guy like uh, Kaluch watching it and, and messaging me during the draft going, Eight minutes to pick a, but but yet he still stayed glued to uh, watch his beloved Cowboys uh, uh, steal a pick in the first round, right? Yeah, um, they they had another great draft, uh, and it leads me to to you know what you kind of sent me the other day, and I already in my my brain being uh, bleeding purple, thought that they pretty much had the number one draft. You know, you sent me basically a little uh, a grade from. We're talking some big, big, big. We're talking NFL.com. We're talking. Um, the Wire, SB Nation, we're talking ESPN, USA Today, Road to World, which is huge. Number one on the board, GPA for the, for the draft was the Minnesota Vikings. And how can you not? I don't know. They had two picks in the first round. I thought they hit home runs on both of them, taking Jefferson first. Uh, I thought he was the best wide receiver. I know you don't, but I thought he was the best wide receiver in the draft. Uh, you know, over 110 catches this year. Yeah, 18 touchdowns. The only he's an, he's another Laquan Treadwell Dutch. Come on, Laquan Treadwell. Sorry, he's another Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, well, time's gonna tell. Uh, time's gonna tell. Um, he's he's got the tools to be, you know, to replace Diggs. I'm not saying he's gonna be better. I know Diggs went to your team, and now I'm gonna have to say that he sucks, even though I know he's great. <laughs> but just because he's on the Bills, I gotta say he's no good, and you guys overpaid for him. But yeah, that's you're gonna tell me story. he's a diva, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's another prima donna. Look at oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. How about yeah. how about Terrell Owens, uh, Buffalo Bills? Uh, okay, who else? Sammy Watkins. They're all. <laughs> you guys, all you do is take these chumps, and and they they play a season or two, and then they just bump. They all, they're all about themselves. And guess what? You got another guy that's all about himself. And you know McDermott's not going to put up with that shit. So that's why I think it's a waste of a of a trade. My opinion for sure. Yeah, and the no no question, fifteen picks most in the in the draft. The Vikes got a good haul, but um, you know there is a lot of a lot of good publicity. But you know I'm not so so sold on on some of their um, you know early picks in, in the first couple rounds. I did I do think they got some value uh, rounds three, four, and five, getting uh, you know built rebuilding that defense a little bit. Yeah. But back to your Rogers point, I'm not I'm not going to let you off the hook here on this Rogers point. 
I've been thinking about this, and 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 why not? Why not? That your your quarterback's thirty six years old. Brett Favre was about the same age, uh, if not the exact same age as when when Aaron Rodgers got drafted. He's been through it. Why not go out get a guy and go through that process just like you did with Rodgers and Favre? Because Ginger, because Ginger, they weren't set up in the, they weren't set up in my opinion with where they were picking in the draft by going. To the NCA, NC, um, or sorry, to the NFC Championship. They, they, I didn't think that they were set up to. There was how many quarterbacks went before them? Five, four or five quarterbacks went before them in a in a in a in a draft year that arguably people said was not a major quarterback year. And they go and they take a guy that's was five through eight on the board. Why? Why do that in your first? I, I don't disagree, uh, Jens, with Rodgers, you know, trying to find their repair and giving them three years because that's what our argument was when we were going to fire this up. It's just they could have maybe went second or third round and found – how about fifth round? Boom. How about – I'm sorry. I, I got, I'm going to toot the horn of it. How about from? Okay. Stole them in the fifth round. I think Jacob – I think he, Fromm's a good quarterback. Coming out of Georgia, he's a he's – a, he's a, He's smart. They said he's one of the most intelligent quarterbacks. He's got some footwork issues, and he's maybe not, you know, the quickest. He's he's not like a Josh Allen uh, with all of his moves. But I don't know why couldn't they have waited that long and and picked somebody like that instead of wasting it in the first round. My opinion for sure. Well, I, I think I think uh, what you if you if you like a quarterback and you and you got a guy that, that you've got your eye on and he falls to you no matter what round it is. Yeah. Um, you got, you got to take him. Yep. You got to take him. And, and I think if they liked, if they liked what they've seen from love and he was, he was on their board and in a good spot and what they felt was right. What I think tells a big tale for them is what they also did afterwards with rebuilding uh, some of that offensive line, taking another running back. And I think you saw, Green Bay kind of give away what their plan may be and moving forward. Yeah. And that is, um, you know, relying on maybe a little bit more of a running game like they did uh, this year and even more next year and moving forward for when this, this kid does decide to come in yeah. and have an opportunity to go play. Um, hopefully they've got a little bit of a better team built around. Yeah. I just think it's too high, but uh, we'll, we'll maybe agree to disagree on that. I do like, uh, them picking up uh, some insurance there. I love the the running back pickup. Um, you know what though, but it does bring me. We we uh, I do have a funny just uh, before we flip topics here. I got a funny uh, for sure. I got a little dog that I want to throw out there. So let's fire that up. Yep, let's get over to Dutch's dogs. All right, my dog. Um, unfortunately, has to be for the Vikings. It's got to be the PR and marketing uh, department. So on, on Instagram, as you see, every single pick that was coming out was on the draft. It was coming out. They had the pitcher up there. They had the pitcher up there. They did their thing. And then all different through Twitter, through all different. Minnesota puts out on their website. So Jeff Gladney, he's out of uh, TCU. They they picked him in the first round. He was the second their second pick in the first round uh, right near the very end. And he's a corner. They bring him in. They put all this thing on there. And what do you know? It's not even the right guy. They put the wrong fucking guy. So they put uh, Darius Davis. Now, 
he's the same team, same team, of course, same school. It's just it was a different year. And I believe if I dug deeper, it was the same number, but it was just pretty funny because they got ripped for it. Uh, so marketing department, Vikings, you guys are professionals. I, I get a typo in, a, in an Instagram post, but to put the guy's wrong picture up there, you suck. You're my dog. Yeah, I can't uh, can't disagree with the Dutch's dog there, um, and maybe a little foreshadowing to the guy that they might have wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, but uh, yeah, that's a great dog of the week. I I know I saw that and uh, and messaged a few of my group on that to to say you know oopsie Daisy made a little mistake there definitely. Uh, a fuck up there on their part yeah so. speaking of dogs we won't go uh, he's not necessarily a dog i actually do like the guy but let's flip subjects here let's talk about um i know you wanted to talk real quickly about you know nba and and um and nhl how, how we got to get this done and again don't want to beat this this over over covid but ufc next quick topic here because we're gonna love the the third one which uh, we're gonna get into a little golf again UFC first coming back. Did you did you read what what he posted and and what's happening with the UFC? Did you pay attention to it? Yes, I did. Yeah, and I uh, I was on there uh, when she pointed it out to me over the weekend, and uh, they're coming back May 9th. By the looks of it, they got a card, they got an undercard. They're uh, they're all systems go by the sounds of it here, right? Yeah, and and if you read further and and then listening to uh, Dana White talk, I mean, don't get me wrong, I kind of like him, but seriously. He's trying to run four events from the ninth, yep. from the ninth to the twenty third. That's four events within fourteen days. That's that's unheard of in a normal circumstances, let alone under COVID. Like, I don't know what the hell they're thinking here. Like, like wake up, people. You know, listen, us running a golf course, we we're we're already thinking tournaments and stuff. And I know we don't have okay, we don't have millions and millions of dollars here, but you know, no tournaments until September at best. And yet, this guy's yeah. running, running rampant, and just—it's all about money. Oh, my, my, my fighters want to fight. They're, they're doing this. Well, it goes back to that same thing we talked about last week. How, how yeah. you know, the people that are, that are, that are coaching them—you know—all it takes is one slip up, and, and then what? And then you're, 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 you're gonna look stupid. So, is the risk better than the reward for this? I don't get it. Yeah, he. I think what he's trying to do here is strike, uh, strike while the iron's hot. I think um, he gets the sense that some of these other sports are coming back. I know NBA's um, going to have us backed by the end of this week, at least on individual workouts at at some of the states that are um, releasing some of the the COVID protocols. Yeah, which is stupid because you can't have one team and not do it. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, and then that, that's right. You, you know, the NFL had the the right lead on that. That if if you know one system, one team is down, you, you can't have a competitive advantage um, for you know eight teams of the league or twelve no. teams in the league, and the other twenty are their guys are just left sitting on the couch yeah. watching uh, the last dance and and you know hoping that their uh, their half an hour uh, shoot around in the in their own quarter outside in the, on their nets going to be suffice to um, you know an actual full NBA workout or you know having coaches there to coaches and trainers to help you along the way yeah 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 i think he i think he's totally greedy here and and um you know he had that whole idea is he still going on about this whole on the island yeah with, yep and uh, and he's got McGreg- mcgregor and yep. mcgregor and diaz yep he's got mcgregor diaz lined up it's not official but that could be the third 
third or fourth event in this 14 day stretch. And you know, like I said, I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's COVID. Uh, so McGregor goes down. Uh, oh, we're just going to have a replacement. Well, that's what Ian Rappaport said. I don't think he meant to say it, but he said it the other day. He and and clearly the New Orleans Saints they were paying attention because now they got a quarterback thing again, right? You've got Drew Brees, you got Jamison Whiskey, I call him, and then you've got Taysom Hill. They're all there this year. So what are they going to try and do? They're going to run a three-headed monster. Well, Ian Rappaport says, well, you better have a good backup quarterback because if one goes down to the due to the virus. <laughs> I was like, pardon? <laughs> and I don't think he meant it that way, but you're going to go down, say that road. Um, give your head a shake. If, if you're t- one of your guys gets a virus, sorry, you, we're not playing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I know I've, I've heard some, some counter stuff from the NBA and, and some, I know Bill Daly from the NHL came out specifically and said that if one or two guys uh, get it, that that necessarily doesn't mean that they're going down. Which is crazy. Um, Which is crazy because th- that just defeats the whole purpose of life, what we're talking about. Yeah, but but John, if, if they're testing um, while this is going on, and they're testing everybody, and, and the other you know 21 out of the 23 players on that NHL roster don't have it, why can't they call up two guys that are healthy and off you go to the race. Well, I don't want to talk about being a doctor on this thing because that's not what this is about, but I'm sorry. Um, there's still so many unknowns unless they're, unless they know more than we know about it. You can test, you test one day, you, you might not have the symptoms you might not test for. We don't know. And then, you know, three days later, that person can get it. It, I, it just it doesn't make sense that it's really hard unless you're, you know, unless you're overseas right now, they're playing, they're playing baseball. And did you see the, one of the first games they got into a, like a bench clearing uh, pushing match out in the, out in the, out in the field. Yeah, I guess they weren't practicing their social distancing on that. Uh, that night. just a bloody gong show, man. Um, it, it sucks with all the sports. Like I said, we're in the situation where golf, you know, and I don't want to, you know, jump away from UFC right away here, but there's really not much to talk about except I just don't know if it's the right thing to do is maybe put on one. Um, but it's just less and less. I think maybe he's looking at it from a production standpoint that, we can do four and 14 days. I don't have to move any of my camera crew. I can quarantine them all. And I get that. Maybe there's a plan. We don't, we don't know what the whole plan is. It just seems to me that it's just a little bit crazy when, you know, there's certain, you know, in our state, in our um, country uh, provinces that are way behind and we're doing all the right things. I think Ontario's did a great job and we're looking at not starting up until June, you know, end of June uh, for big sports, you know, maybe golf's going to be done at the end of May. So, it just it sucks that they're all jumping the gun on on some of these things, right? Now, yeah, and, and I think I think uh, one of the things and one of the the hurdles that that these other big sports are going to have to tackle is the fact, and maybe maybe Dana White doesn't have to tackle it, or maybe he's already got a plan together. But I know he's got worldwide fighters um, all across the world, and in professional sports, there's teams and in Canada, um, especially in hockey. And what is going to be the game plan there when um, we're at different points than some of these states um, in other spots? Like, you know, Toronto ain't going to definitely going to be able to have fans and definitely um, is going to struggle to have any sort of large group um, to put these on. So 
is Saskatchewan or Alberta or any of these other provinces where the NHL is thinking about using them as a central location in one of their, you know, five, six central locations plan. Um, have they thought about that? Have they looked into it? I'm sure they have, but yeah. it's definitely some hurdles and, and um, barriers along their way to, to try to get back here. Yeah. And that's a good, good uh, debate, no matter which way we look at it. And it's a good discussion. I just, uh, let's just hope it happens soon. Listen, why don't we take a quick break? And then now uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll fire up some, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and there's no way he would have did it with the New England Patriots, but now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Tom Brady, and one of the best ever, Peyton Manning, gearing up to play a little match, which for a good thing is all to do with COVID. So let's take a break and we'll get back at it. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. So welcome to Ginger and Dutch. You know where you are? You're in the dog pound, baby, with the Dutchman. Dutch's dogs. Oh! All right, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. Back from break here, Ginger. Uh, what do you think here? Let's uh, let's get into this. Tiger, Phil. Peyton and Tom. What do we got? Tiger and, and Peyton versus Phil and Tom doing a, uh, we'll call it, since the theme of the night is COVID, we'll call it the COVID special match play. It looks like, uh, you know, they're going to do a repeat from from when they did the Vegas one. What did you think about the first one before we get into the match? What do you think about the first one? It, to me, it was a bust, no? Well, I thought the first one was all right. Um, you know, I thought I, they could have used, a, you know, a little bit more inside touch here and there with between the interaction with Tiger yeah, and Phil, but there. Um, it um, definitely definitely uh, did what it, what its purpose was at the time. But they had to give, but they it, had to give, uh, but they had to give people their money back, man. Because no, like you know what I mean. Like the, the I guess was it success where golfers we watched it. There was no bantering like you and I get at it sometimes here like you know they they had some small talk early and then as the match caught on they kind of were like yeah screw you I don't want to talk to you anymore and and it was just kind of anticlimactic and then when they tried to do that that you know the nights the night thing because they were tied or whatever it was was just I don't know it was it was it's kind of dumb for me but <laughs> I, I do think this is going to be totally different um with with the NFL guys because although they're first I, I haven't looked up their handicap i know Peyton's pretty good i don't know about tom but <laughs> i don't know it'll be, it'll be funny yeah. to see them uh hitting some shots and seeing what kind of conversations on there's definitely going to be way more interaction and and you're gonna you're gonna see some um i don't know how they're gonna do the betting and all that i don't really care right now about that but you're gonna definitely see some bantering and maybe talking and backswings and stuff like that and having some fun no you don't you think I think the, the NFL guys, yeah, are, they're going to loosen it up a little bit, and, and hopefully that'll be able to dry out uh, Tiger and Phil's um, personality and and provide a little bit more atmosphere. Tiger and Phil, they they you know they're funny guys, and and they do have a lot of personality, and they're they're pranksters, they're jokesters, but it just takes that little bit to to get it out of them, and um, you know we've started to see that a little bit more out of Tiger over his his later years here as. He, as he's become a little bit more human and not so much of a robot, but um, 
yeah, I hope I hope those two guys can bring that personality out of Phil and Tiger and and get a little bit more ribbing, a little bit more um, fun going on, some side bets here, side bets there, pressing here, pressing there, and have it just like your Saturday afternoon match yep. at the club. Um, I think that's what everybody's looking for, and that's what everybody wants to see because we know these guys do. We see it on their yep. Instagram. We yep. see it on their social media. We know what these guys are up to um, just because we've got that inside look at their their lives and, and what they're all about. But let's let's put it on camera and let's see, uh, you know, what what yeah, you can is going to happen. Have... Uh, they're probably going to try to charge for it on pay-per-view again. Uh, who knows? But I uh, I hope that they they open it up a little bit and, and make it a success, uh, which I yeah. thought the first one was. The charity portion is going to be huge because of what, what it's what it's all about, for sure. And you know what? You're going to see some maybe some unique stuff depending on how much money they put into it, which, again, with it being Tiger, I guess they're going to put all holds um, or no holds barred, I should say. They're going to have everybody there. But I'm hoping to see some kind of maybe different camera angles, some cool you know, insights and maybe a little bit more of a raw version of a, of a match, kind of bring it right back to like the shell uh, the shelf golf things that were on during the early parts of uh, our COVID when we were watching some of those, some of the guys, Gene Sarazen and them playing, it was pretty funny watching them. So it'd be kind of neat. I know everybody's all about technology and all that kind of stuff, but it'll be kind of neat that way. I think this one will be way more successful. Um, I just hope it's not a fortune, although, you know, I'll be the first guy to reach out. If the money's going, you know, to the right spot, I always hate when you hear charities when uh, th- money doesn't go properly to where um, you think it's being allocated. But you know what? If I knew, you know, eighty percent, fifty, sixty, seventy, whatever that number is, whatever that magic number is, but it's going to the right cause, I'm all in. If it, uh, even if it's more than what maybe we would expect it to be, um, it's going to be cool. Do you know where they're playing? Or they haven't really announced it. It's probably going to be just one of their no. No, they haven't really announced it, but I think this is in kind of in concordance and to slide it along. Like, have you seen any of these um, things they had for the, the NFL draft? A, a friend of mine sent me one where, um, you know, you can go to the home opener of the Bucks game now and um, with and have dinner with Tom Brady after the game's done. Do you want? Did, did you hear what that's oh going for gosh, right I now? I couldn't even imagine. Like six figures. You would. Well, I know. I know you're Dutch, so you. <laughs> I know you're. You struggle to reach <laughs> in your pocket at times, but. Um, you know, and you count every year one of those wooden shekels. Ah, yes, that sir. Work, but, but um, yeah, it's going for probably about as much as uh, your house and my house. Three quarters oh, of a million bucks to go have dinner with Tom Brady, go to the home opener, and uh, and have a little dinner. But you with see, what I, well, like about, so, what I don't like about what I don't like about that is that that's that 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 sucks because obviously. That's right. It's limited. It's to- limited to, and I know they're trying to make the almighty buck and everything, but if it was legit, would you buy a hundred dollar like I do for Princess Margaret? Would you buy a hundred dollar ticket with an opportunity for, let's say, fifteen different things with the the whatever the Tampa Bay Bucks or the NFL, and they spread it all out, or let's say they have all thirty-two teams and. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to ramble here, but maybe maybe you could make trades with people if if you won and and it's a Buffalo fan and or vice versa. Wouldn't it be cool? I would put a hundred bucks in if I knew there was a charity and there was an opportunity. Sure, it's a long shot, but if 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 the proceeds, like we go to Princess Margaret, if the proceeds are going to to COVID and they're going to go across the board and and maybe even since they they have a huge presence in the UK and have a huge presence in Canada. I don't want to say I don't want to throw an F bomb out here, but it can't be all about the USA here. 
no, and and no, and, and that's it. And I'm hoping the, that that with that type of idea, that they could take that idea and flip it over into the the match with Tiger and Phil and Peyton and Tom, and you know get the I, I want to see the crowd more interactive. But you know, take a take an extra minute. We saw it with the NFL draft. We just went through 12 hours of coverage. If this thing's going to be in a time where people may still be in lockdown or may still be restricted in what they yep. can do and where they can go. Let's have some fun with it. Would you put a Would you put a a bet down and 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 oh, if you won, they took a certain percentage and it went yes, to the sir. COVID donation. If if you know if Peyton Manning makes this twelve footer, here we go. Um, you know, you've got two minutes. Peyton's gonna relax. Even at the end of every green, the hole's done. They're gonna go to a spot. Okay, let's see who can. We're gonna yep. do a, a putting contest. We're gonna do a a chipping contest. We're gonna do a shootout here from one hundred and ten yards. Put your bet down. You've got two minutes. They sit there. They shoot the shit for for two minutes. Everybody throws their line on. A portion yep. goes to to the charity relief, and off you go. Like, let's get that. Let's see that crowd interaction. That's what I think is going to make this event right. And, and then, it and the then the last level. stage will be. Um, and unfortunately, you can't do it this this time. And it might be a while before you could. But wouldn't it be cool to to do just the the fan interaction, um, kind of like that what they do in practice rounds the odd time when they're at waste management. Uh, I was watching Faraday the other night and. Uh, um, Gary Woodland was on there talking when they had the young girl on there that had Down syndrome that got her scholarship. It, that was like one of the coolest moments ever. Now, yep. I know that was, I don't want to say staged because sure as heck wasn't staged that she was that good of a golfer because we all knew we all knew that afterwards. And it was an amazing story to watch her make a par. It was just, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, what I was getting at is, you, you imagine if you could, they could pull somebody from the stands just in, in the match and say, you know, after he misses the 30 foot putt, couldn't they say, imagine him guy saying, give me a chance and, and letting him come out. I know it happens the odd time, but do it three or four or five times in, in that match. It's not going to cost any, any more money. And how cool would it be for, uh, for even me and you just as we're professionals, but for me or you to be able to stand out on the, on the, the, the hole there with the, with the two QBs and those guys, it would be unbelievable. And you're trying to roll a 30 foot putt in. Yeah. Would, and, and, you know, I remember we saw, we saw that at, a, I think it was a major or maybe in a Ryder cup and it was in a practice round, but yeah, the guy went viral. Like he, they, yeah, I think Justin Rose yep. or somebody pulled him out of the crowd um, after he was practice putting and he, they, they did a little boo and he missed a 12 footer or something. And, you know, Rosie pulls him out of the crowd and yep. the, the guy can't, yeah. and he was a hero, like McElroy yeah. giving him a high five. And like, that's, that's what we need to see that type of stuff to, uh, you know, to take. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, level, so. you know what, I think uh, it'll be fun um, since we're all kind of getting jacked for it and we're getting jacked because it's close to uh, there's, you know, a couple weeks, hopefully for us to go. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's make our first bet. I'm uh, I'm ready for, for the for the match and we'll make a running tally here on uh, on Ginger and Dutch. Because I'm sure I'm sure as Perfect. long as it's not basketball and our Christmas specials, um, I'm sure I'll be on top. Oh, that's a big, that's a big statement. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't okay. Well, on, on, on that note, on that note, because I already know who you're going to want to take. Go ahead. I'll give you, I'm going to give you the pick. I'll, if I pause too long, you know, I'm rebuttaling, but uh, go ahead. You can have pick. Who do you like? I think I'm going to surprise you here a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to take, I think, I know I know Tiger's competitive and and I know I'm going to take a shot here from a from a couple guys and a couple of my my fellow golf pros Stevie Fenton and and a good friend of mine Mike McEachern but 
I'm going to take the guys that always seem to rise to the uh, rise to the occasion and and come up in that big moment. And I'm going to I'm going to take <laughs> Mikey, Phil and Tom. Where's Mikey McKecker right now? I set that up perfectly. That was a Johnny <laughs> Moe Dutch special right there. I want a tiger all along. I talked you into taking <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, you know what? That was that was wicked. Let's put it on twenty bucks. That'll be our match. That'll be our bets. Uh, twenty bucks. You cool with that? I'm good with that. Lay her down. All on right, the line buddy. Sounds good. Listen, down. I'm uh, I'm tapped out. I'm ready. I think that was a great episode. Yeah. So let's just uh, yeah, we'll end it there. That was an awesome episode. Touched on a few topics, and obviously for all our listeners, um, thanks again for all the interaction on Facebook. You can follow us on our Ginger Ginger and Dutch podcast uh, Facebook page at Ginger and Dutch is the Facebook tag, and then uh, our Twitter tag. Whenever we get it up and going, when Twitter decides to uh, actually recognize us as real human beings, um, it'll be at Ginger and Dutch as well. And uh, thank you very much. And that's it right for on. episode. I'm Ginger, and I'm Dutch.